Welcome back to the Crinkle Podcast. I'm Dylan Blake, and today I've captured the amazing Mommy Peach and Mario. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> okay, so first off, tell me a little bit about you guys. Okay, I can start that one. Um, we are a lifestyle ABDL and mommy couple. Um, MDLB for those that are familiar with the uh, kink acronyms. Um, I am mommy to my husband, who is my full-time little, and I am also a professional mommy who offers services to the kink community. You are. I am. And who are you? I'm Mario. Are you sure? (laughs) Jury's still out. Well, okay, so I'll introduce him. That's Mario, who apparently is playing shy today. Um, he is my um, little and my husband, and together we kind of do this uh, this lifestyle dynamic thing together. Huh? We kind of do it, kind of, yeah. kind of all day, every day. But yeah, that's Here's that's a little bit about us. <laughs> so, I since we've done this before, I have more questions to ask you and deeper questions because I remember the first time we did an interview, this actually caused a huge discussion in the community because of layer on questions I will be asking you. So um, how did you guys get into the community? Was there a, um, did one person bring it in or did you both mutually come in together? Okay, that's a good question. I'll let you actually answer that where you got started because um, I kind of came in after you. I was uh, made aware of Fet Life, and which I, I've I've always been ABDL. I've always had the tendencies, but um, I had a friend. Uh, I had a friend of mine mention a website called Fet Life, and I went and made a um, profile on it, and I didn't really do a whole lot with it. For a really long time, and uh, I never went to any um, events or anything public like that. I met a couple people uh, one on one um, through some uh, other sites, but I I never really was huge. Then I met her, and it was her idea actually to do Capcom after we had started dating for a while. And uh, I was like, "Are you serious? You want to do that?" And she's like, "Yeah, sure. Let's. Why not?" because I've always been, like, terrified of going to one of these things, because, like, you know, you're always like, what if I run into somebody, or uh, what if something happens while I'm there, or what if I'm just, like, the odd man out that, you know, can't start up a conversation because I'm too shy, or whatever the case may be. Um, So that was really the start, I think, of us being thrust into the community. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I was introduced to it through Mario, obviously. Um, you know, we first started dating, and I knew he had this account, this profile on the site he talked about. I'd never seen it, never heard of it. Um, but yeah, I once, disclosed that the first night, too, didn't yep. I? That was with the backpack. Yeah, you said there was a site that you had met people through. But um, at that point, I decided, you know, we needed to push ourselves out there, you know, get to know some people, connect to other couples um, especially for us, that was really important in our dynamic was to kind of see how other people did it and uh, where how they made it, you know, mesh in their everyday life. And that was uh, a goal of ours was to make it, uh, you know, where it was kind of seamless, where we could have it in, in our normal day to day without it taking too much effort. Um, so we were kind of trying to get examples. And then after that, uh, we kind of spiraled into meeting a lot of people. And then, you know, with me sessioning with, um, multiple people you know that that increased our interaction and our um you know the the kinds of people we met so it was kind of a natural progression once we got together we knew we needed to meet like-minded people and other individuals that had the same kind of interests um and i think that's important for everybody so it kind of threw us into meeting the community before we even did anything professionally but after that it's just been a whirlwind of of a, you know, introducing ourselves through for business reasons, but also on a personal level, getting to know everybody. So it's been a, a wild five years of going from not really interacting to any with anybody, and then turning around and now um, on a regular basis, you know, we're we're blessed to meet with other littles, other couples, other you know providers, even in the kink community that aren't even just ABDL. So yeah, we've definitely been blessed for sure to get to 
to interact and indulge and find ourselves immersed in, you know, like-minded people. And I think it's super important for everybody to do that. So when, um, so Mar, you said you were in Avondale before you met um, Mommy Peach, correct? Yeah. So how did you, Mommy Peach, like, first, like, come to, like, terms of, like, oh, my boyfriend loves diapers. Like, <laughs> that's not normally the first, like, oh, just so you know, I love being stinky. Like, that's not normally the first date questions. Yeah, that's definitely not what I never How's had before. Lobster? Yeah. <laughs> How's your shrimp? Uh, so what about this diaper thing? Um, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> true. I can honestly say I never had this interaction in my life before. Um, but honestly... I had gotten to know him so well through messaging back and forth for about a month before we ever met. And I was already intrigued by um, his personality um, and his confidence. And, you know, there, there was something different about him. You could, I could tell that, that there was, he was hiding something, but I didn't know exactly what it was. Um, but the day he came over for the first time when he put the diaper on my coffee table and was like, this is me. Take it or leave it. It's okay if you're not cool with it. Um, I can imagine that it's hard for someone that doesn't understand it to kind of process this, but um, he was gorgeous, first of all, and everything I was looking for in a personality. Um, And then we took that and we add this into it. And I, of course, at first was a little overwhelmed. I'm not going to act like it was just a, oh, that's cool kind of thing. Um, I was overwhelmed. I had to, to really listen to what he was saying, but then I refused to do any outside research on my own because I know any kind of kink that is considered, um, taboo or it's misunderstood tends to have a lot of information online that is not going to be conducive to learning how to accept it. Um, so for me, it was more about getting him to tell me more and having him show me um, you know, information he had found to kind of help me understand it a little bit. But it was about 24 hours later when I diapered him the first time. So it didn't take me a whole lot of time to get there. Um, but it did take, yeah. you know, I mean, I'm not going to act like it was easy that first time. I wondered what I was getting myself into. I wondered if it, you know, might be something innately, something deeper than what he's saying it was, which I think that's natural for anybody she to played question. The, she played the nervousness off well, though. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I knew that he was worth it. And, um, if I wanted to be with him, that this was something he was going to need. But then as he started to explain it more, I started to realize that it was something I was going to enjoy doing just as much as he needed it. So that was, that was the mind trip right there. Yeah, for sure. It definitely took me on a ride for me to realize, you know, from the day I figured it out. But I mean, I, I, I accepted from that moment when he told me that the relationship I had envisioned with him wasn't going to be what I expected. You know, and that's a big wake up call for a single mom of three that is trying to find somebody, you know, to spend time with. It's like, okay, this is not going to be what I thought it was. This is different than anything I've ever had. Um, But it 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 was worth it. It still is. You know, it's become not just what we do, but who we are. And I'm I I think that, uh, you know, I always say there's no such thing as a coincidence. And I, I truly believe he was meant to toss that diaper on the table for me to be able to you know, find myself just as much to give him what he was looking for. And roughly how long have you guys as a couple been in the community? Well, we've been together for over five years. um, And we entered into the interactive community about a month and a half or two months after we were actually together. Yeah, you took over my felt life. I was like, this is my felt life. This is the password. And then she was like, oh, okay. Uh, mine now. Mine. No, uh, <laughs> I mean, we're both active on there, but I needed to make sure I was understanding, you know, who I was interacting with, what I was getting into, yeah. you know, the kinds of things other people did to partake. Yeah. Um, I really needed to kind of immerse myself in order for me to know if I was into it. And uh, luckily it turned out good. You know, I really did enjoy it. Um, but, so yeah, about... I would say about five years that we've actually been in the community actively, but about four years where I've been doing it um, professionally within the community as well. So what drew you to um, wanting to do this professionally? And then 
what was that conversation like? Because, <laughs> like, you know, like, my my daddy himself, like, he um, does porn and stuff. And mm-hmm. I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, it's a, ve- it's a very, like, adult conversation. Be like, okay. hey, just so you know, I'm going to be doing something that some people find very sexual, but it's monetarily gained to me. Right. So how was that conversation going? Well, I'm going to be honest with you. It didn't start out with me being a mommy. That was not what I, as a professional mommy, that was not the goal. Um, Originally, I was just his mommy. And um, uh, as the people know, the world is financially in struggle. So we, um, we looked at it as a way to make some money on the side at first. But I was going to do something else. My plan was to make onesies and to do like... That was the original plan. There was no talk of mommy. No, I never never dreamt it was a thing. Um, The Fat Life profile was going to be a store. Yeah, originally where I was going to be able to like create designs. And I was good in costume design and theater, but doggone it, I am not meant to be a clothing designer. (laughs) I'm just not. (laughs) So, um, I, no Donatella. I'm not <laughs> Versace beat me on that one, but I'm not going to pretend that it wasn't a disappointment, you know? Cause I was like, Ooh, I can do this. Mm. I can offer something to all of these, you know, the littles, like my husband, or like my boyfriend at the time, you know? And I was like, I was really excited to be able to provide something that was, you know, that fit the lifestyle. And, uh, he looked at me and he was like, all right, you're not going to get this, this, this onesie thing. Apparently like, we're going to stop trying, stop buying fabric, stop buying buttons. You know, we're going to, we're going to go on a different path. Well, you had the best sewing machine in the South. I did. I did. But (laughs) it just is not meant for me. Um, so I, I looked at him and I was disappointed and I was like, well, what, what can I do? I want to give to the community that you find comfort in, you know, some, the place that accepted us and welcomed us. And, um, he was like, well, there's something you can do, but I'm not sure you're going to want to. And I was like, okay, spill. What do you mean? And he was like, you could do adult babysitting. And I laughed. I thought he was kidding. And he was like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. Like, and then he explained it to me on a different level. He said, there's so many people that have this as part of who they are that either have a spouse that doesn't participate or they can't tell them about it, or um, people who just haven't found a partner yet that want to experience this so they know what to look for in a partner. And it just made sense to me. I was like, wow, that that's, that's true. You know, there's so many people that are um, not um, blessed enough to have that on a regular basis. So he offered for me, he was like, why don't you do it? And I was like, all right, you have to be kidding. Like people wouldn't actually pay for me to change their diapers. And I mean, I think he left harder than I did originally uh, because he was like, you have no idea. And it wasn't about the money really. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't going for high dollar signs or expecting to become a millionaire. <laughs> like that wasn't my goal. Uh, my goal was essentially to offer something in the community that wasn't available easily Um and, and be able to fulfill those desires for other people, honestly. So he brought it up to me. I didn't even have to, like, ask him if it was okay or go down that awkward, I want to change other people's diapers conversation. Like, it wasn't anything like that at all. Um, he was the one who suggested it. And he was like, you know, I trust you completely. I know that it won't be anything sexual in your sessions. And, and if it's sexual to them, it's by no fault of yours. And not just say there's anything wrong with it being sexual in sessions. Don't misunderstand me. Um, but our relationship, our dynamic is just a monogamous, you know, uh, dynamic. So we don't, that's not something I'm comfortable with. And we never expected it to go full time. Never, never. No. It was just supposed to clear up some debt there for a minute. And then. Yeah, for sure. But it gave us time freedom. And it complements us nicely. This, this dynamic complements us nicely with her personality and my personality. Um, it's, it was a natural progression into it. Yeah. Uh, so that, that added a lot to the ease of use of it, too. For sure. Uh, of being able to do it professionally and to get wrapped up in it. And, for sure. And, and in a positive, healthy way. And the thing is, for me, um, you know, I w- I'm a nurse as well. And I, I was a nurse full time up until we moved from Illinois to Florida. And then when we booked it down here, even though I transferred... Um, with the VA to work down here in Miami, I never went back because I didn't, I mean, I found a passion in this and I wanted to see if what I could do with it, if I put all of my effort into it. And it has just 
It's become awesome. bloomed into a beautiful thing. And we're so lucky to have um, connections with so many people and meet so many people. And it's just absolutely beautiful. So <clears throat> I have like 5,000 more questions now just based off of that one thing. Um, where to start? But um, oh, I was going to say this. Do you ever, like, do you have certain things set in place to make sure you and the um, the little that you're watching, like, are both safe? Or, like, is there a filtering system that you go through? Sure. Um, so, <coughs> I always feel mean saying it, but I, I think it's important to say that given the circumstances, I do have to refuse services to some people. You know, I mean, there's just a a level of understanding that's necessary for something like this. And also, as you can imagine, there are going to be unsavory characters in any community and in any walk of life, any lifestyle. And we are no different. Our community is no different. We do have individuals that have less than um, good intentions that um, have found themselves in trouble before or whatever. And I... I do a vetting process. I ask for references for sure. I'm always careful to, uh, you know, to, to make sure that I know who it is that I'm working with. And the same for them. I'm sure, you know, I always encourage them to um, look back at my profile and other sessions that I've done, reach out to individuals that I've worked with, you know, because it makes them more comfortable to know who they're meeting and that, you know, that they know they're safe with not only who they're meeting, but the process in which it happens. Um, you know, I promise anonymity uh, in my sessions. People do not have to have photographs taken. Their name and their information, once it's sent to me, is completely safe. It's never seen by anyone else. And, um, you know, it's just very, I'm very cautious with understanding just how vulnerable this site is for people. But I'm also very safe. I'm not going to allow myself to be in danger. So in like travel sessions, if I leave and go somewhere, Mario comes with me. Um, he's always there as my backup and my security for my own safety. Um, even if he's not a part of the session, I do have him come with me on the trip and he's always aware where I'm at for sessions and things of that. And I, I want to, this will, I'm going to give a, a, a little shout out here for the, always have a person of contact. Always. If you're doing any kind of interaction or meetup or kink event or kink activity or you know, professional services, let someone know where you're going. Even if you don't tell them what you're doing, um, be super careful to let somebody know where to expect you to be at a certain time and where to look for you if you don't show up. Because again, there are so many unsavory characters in the world and our community is not um, uh, sheltered from that, unfortunately. So yeah, there's a there's a process. I'm not just gonna immediately work with someone because they reach out. They, you know, I need to make sure that it's a good fit, that we click and we actually connect um, where we understand each other. That communication as well. Um, yeah, I mean there there's some there's some steps, but it's you know eventually I do an application once I find out that they're really interested. I'll send them the application and have them fill it out, and. Um, that gives me a little more of a feel of what they're looking for to see if I can even provide it for them. You know, I'm not going to pretend I can do everything for everyone. Um, you know, everybody has their own cup of tea. So I'm super careful with making sure, first of all, they're going to get what they need. And second of all, that everybody is safe. And also that the location that we do it in is safe. Um, you know, if, if they do an Airbnb or a hotel session, I have them send it to me in advance. Um, so that I can look into it, make sure that there's, you know, it's not in a neighborhood where I would feel uncomfortable or in danger. And the same for them, you know. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's a process for sure. There's a lot of safety nets uh, in place in anything that we do related to kink or uh, the community. And I think that everybody should do that for sure. That's, that's good to hear. <laughs> I figured you definitely had like a filtering system. Sure. And oh, yeah, because <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I even tell my boyfriend, so I'm like, hey, this is where I'm going to be. Um, I'll text you at this time. If I don't text you, call me, but I'm going to be here with this person. Okay. Right. Sure. That's it. Keep yourself safe because yeah. no matter how well you think you know someone, there's always a chance. I mean, and I'll be honest yeah. with you. I always have something on my person to defend myself. 
no matter where I am. So that's always my safety net is to know I'm physically prepared. Um, you know, you wouldn't be able to tell it by what I'm wearing, but I promise you that it's within reach. <laughs> that's amazing to hear. Um, and then another question is, so you talked about how you moved from it was Illinois to Florida, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Was was there a big reason for that, or did you just need a change of like scenery? <laughs> the question they all want to know. Um, honestly, the opportunity presented itself, and we knew that if we didn't take it, we would regret it. So, um, I, I won't get into specific details, but I'll put it this just way: enough. we were looking to leave where we were anyway, and um, okay. we were able to trust and and respect where we were going to be staying but originally we were going to do it for like 30 days and see if we could find a place um because we were just staying in a, in a in a location that we weren't planning to stay in and um we wanted to see if we liked it so we threw everything into storage we uh packed up the vehicle with what we could fit in the vehicle and we boogied to Miami and that you know it was a big chance it was a risk um we knew that we didn't know anybody down here we were Taking a, a a big big leap of faith, but better, better than the circumstances we faced. But that was it. That the no matter what we were gonna find down here, we knew it would be better than where we were. So uh, we wanted to get out of there and, there and was give some it a shot. Back there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So here's the thing. Here's the big reason why we we boogied from Illinois, and I don't talk about it much um, unless people ask me specifically, but. We were unfortunately outed by a family member and um, in a public location around a lot of people that we know. And we were both semi-local celebrities due to um, him being a musician and me being involved in theater and, you know, and... and Don't know about celebrity. We knew a lot. Local (laughs) celebrity, meaning that people knew us. Everybody knew us. You couldn't walk into Walmart without someone asking when your next gig was, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, that happened. So it was always for us about trying to make sure we kept our home location protected. We didn't want to spread it around there. We wanted to make sure that nobody felt uncomfortable around us. Well, that option was taken from us. Um, it was spread through a winery. And if you know anything about people that are inhibited by alcohol, they talk. So they were very open with what they were talking about. And um, people that we had known our entire lives. People that we worked with were waiting the table. Yeah, they called us and said, hey, we thought you should know that they're talking like this about you guys here. And it was a wake-up call for us. That was the moment where we had to... um, we were forced. So Miami sounded pretty good. Yeah. At that yeah. So after that, it was like, well, we can stay here and have people snicker every time we walk down the aisle, uh, you know, to buy groceries or we can get out of here. We can protect the family that we love from being embarrassed by us being there. If they, if people know, and we can start somewhere new. And, you know, I've always said I have a gypsy spirit. I don't want to settle down in one place too long. I want to try new places. A Florida girl. And I'm a Florida girl. You know, I was raised in Florida for a few years as a child and I went to law school in Florida. So I've always had a desire to come back here and it was my ticket home. So I came home and I'm thankful I did for sure. And I've got some family and friends here too. And then the other big question so earlier you talked about how you were a single mom with three kids, which being in the ABL community and having kids is this giant, like weird thing that mm-hmm. everybody's like, Ooh, no. Right? <laughs> yeah. So how do you separate? To me, it's logical, but how do you separate your kids from, seeing that stuff and you guys enjoying it as adults. So I'm going to say one, one or two words, two words. That's going to make a whole lot of sense. Joint custody. I'm blessed. My kids are not with us full time. Um, we are given a whole lot of time. Just us. We're very lucky to basically plan around when we need to be free. Um, and when we want to have them home and I've been very lucky with that. Um, you know, it's just a, 
it's a blessing I didn't expect to want in my life. I always wanted to be the mom that had my kids at home all the time, every day, but it really works for us. And like you said, it's logical when it comes to separating the two. Obviously, my kids are not privy to any of this. They don't know what mommy does. They think that mommy is a life coach. Um, and they also know mommy's a nurse, you know, so they just don't, they don't see it. That we're good at hiding things too. And we're always one step ahead. That's it. We're always <laughs> very cautious. Um, you know, we don't have room for error in that, you know, there's, there's just some things you can't slip up on. And that's one of them for us. Um, my kids are very protected from it. They don't know anything. And if they were to find, uh, you know, any kind of diapers in the house, obviously we have a backup story. You yeah, know? We don't take, we, we are no risk with them. There's, there's no, no, no option for failure there. We Absolutely. Always. And there's make sure our base is also, that, um, when I first interviewed one, something you said that, that to me was logical is your kids should not be in your bedroom already. Like bingo. No, that's it. Bingo. That's a big thing for me. My rule is my door is off limits. If you, if I invite you into my room, yeah, then you can come in. But otherwise from a young, young age, even whenever, before I had met Mario, I did not allow my kids in my bedroom. And originally it was because I knew that they were going to try to sleep in my bed. And you know, that, that co-sleeping thing just is not for me. I need room. Um, so mm-hmm. I never let them do that to start with. And that was my way of keeping them from doing that. So it just kind of naturally was already there. They already knew that that was off limits. You don't go in mom's room unless she says you can. And then especially once he entered my life and, you know, he became a part of theirs. um, It was, it was definitely uh, now even more so because it's not just mom's room. Now it's Mario's room, you know, which obviously he's not Mario to them, but um, now it's his room too. So you have to respect it. So, yeah, and my theory has always been your kids don't belong in your bedroom, especially if you have anything adult-related. Your, your bedroom's your sanctuary. It's what it's where you get away from that. Um, you know, as when they're really little, that's one thing. But as they get older, they need to understand personal boundaries and, and, and spaces. And I think that because I, am, I kind of encourage that from the time they were old enough to understand that it just kind of transferred. So, yeah, we've been really lucky that... Yeah, we're not weird about it. We don't We don't make it seem like there's something to find out. That's the biggest we're thing. We're not suspicious. We don't act like it's a big deal. Yeah. It's just... You were told not to go in mom's room. Now, why are you in here? You know, and it's just very... It's natural. They know that if we started acting weird, obviously, they, or we act like there's something in there we're hiding from them, then they're going to get curious. You just got to know... Keep it cool, calm, and cool. Yeah. You, no one asks questions. Basically, it's no different than them, you not wanting them to find your alcohol stash. Like, just be smart yeah. about it. But keep it out of reach, yeah. keep it out of sight, and make sure that they don't have access to it, and you should be fine. And that was obviously, like, the big controversial question is obviously of having kids in the community. Sure. And so, you talked a little bit, Ari, about this, but having backlash in the community... Do you ever have backlash directly from the community or have you just had backlash from outside of the community? Um, I think it's fair to say anybody that puts themselves in view of the public is going to get backlash for something because everybody <laughs> has their own opinions on what is okay and what is not. Can't please everybody? That's it. You, you can't make everybody happy. And I'm not in the business of trying to. I'm not going to lie. Um, my goal is to abide by all legalities, make sure people are safe, make sure that I am minding the, uh, being respectful, um, with what I do and where I do it. And even, even when I'm super careful with all of those things, there's going to be somebody that doesn't like it, that doesn't, um, that doesn't approve of, uh, you know, me taking littles to the movies or me taking them to the nude beach, which is 18 plus. And that's okay. I'm not going to be everybody's cup of tea. I'm not trying to be. Um, but there is a level of um, expected backlash, as you put it, from the community if they don't like it. And, um, you know, I'm always willing to listen. I'm always willing to explain my side of it. If they have questions of why we do things or how we get away with doing things. I, mean, I like to think it's minimal backlash. That it is for right. sure. Yeah. But I mean, like, it's not common. As a general rule, I don't get a whole lot of, of negative interaction. Well, we got our haters, but. For sure. Well, yeah. I think everybody <laughs> does. But I think that for for the most part, we're very 
um, very careful in what we do so that we don't get a whole lot of backlash. But I think anybody finds themselves here and there in circumstances where they realize they didn't think it through completely or they probably should have been more careful. You know, we're human Just and we're going to... We're going to make mistakes, but the only thing we can do at that point is to try to learn from it and not do it going forward. Um, but I really think that anybody is going to get backlash. Now, I do get a lot of unfortunate, oh, you're a mommy, you just want my money, when I'm trying to follow someone just because I'm interested in what content they make. Uh, the word mommy has a lot of negative connotations behind it in the community because of you know, so many people that are out here that are not pure or are not real, uh, you know, and that's it's, it's a vulnerability that, that that scammers and fakes prey on. And unfortunately, because my title is a mommy, um, I automatically get that assumption that I'm the same way. But I think that the more I interact with people, the more that I am um, understanding of that and the more that I automatically kind of assume they're going to think negative of me to start with. It, it kind of changes my approach and makes it seem a lot less uh, scary to them or, or uh, I guess, intimidating to them. So it's all about how we handle it, too. The negative the negative interactions are always going to be there. It's learning how to kind of guide them into a positive interaction and kind of change the way that yeah, we've people, had people perceive you. Cussing us and uh, how, how can you do this? Why would you why would you enable his behavior like that, too? Uh, by the time we're done talking to him, wow, you really put it in perspective for me. I'm sorry I lashed out the way I did. Like, we've had people that we've totally changed their minds on the whole thing, too. So, And it gives us an opportunity to reach out to people who you would probably never have a different thought about this kind of dynamic, thinking because they reached out to us with their hate, oh, wow, they, 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 they didn't just block me. They didn't say, hey, you know, whatever, and and move on. Though we stopped... And we explained ourselves. And we that's a big thing. I think that's a good point that you just made. Stopping and explaining it. Um, if you've got people that are in the kink community that don't um, don't understand it, giving them just enough information to make them see it from your perspective, even if they don't agree with it, can help them not see it nearly as poorly. You know, it kind of gives them a little bit more of an understanding. So maybe they won't lash out on somebody else. You've talked to some of the local Southern Florida mistresses Mm -hmm. and uh, people not involved in ABDL at all. Mm -hmm. And uh, they voiced concerns to you based on the clientele they've had in that arena. Mm -hmm. And you've been able to give them insight that they have never, ever considered. Because in order to understand it, you kind of have to be it. Or know someone that is, yeah. you know, yeah. in it. So. Otherwise, they're just getting it from the public perspective of it. And yeah. that's not that's And not that's what it never is. good. No. <laughs> well, it's changing a little bit. It looks like, you know, in the media right now, we're, we're not being dogged as bad as we were. True. <laughs> so you talked about, like, fake mommies that are causing the term mommy to have a bad um, connotation to it. So... What are some ways that um, people can like help keep themselves safe from being scammed from that? Because I'm actually going to bring um, Ma- Mommy Lola on too mm-hmm. at one point to talk to her because I know she has a Instagram account called like Check. Fake Mommy Police or something. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so you two are like the big mommies I know in the community. And so I love hearing from both your guys' perspectives. Awesome. Yeah. So let me, um, there's a few key things that you should look for. Um, the biggest red flag and the, the number one thing I say to people is if it's too good to be true, it's too good to be true. If there's somebody that lives right down the road from you, they offer everything you're looking for there. They give diapers, they have clothes, they've got a nursery and all of these things. But that's, that that's, you're not going to find um, a, a person that close that you don't already know about most of the time. And if you do find them, then they're going to be known enough that you should feel safe with them. But A number if their English is broken, and forgive me for saying that, it's not a cultural or a linguistics thing. 
but you can always tell when they're trying to make their profile fit what every little is looking for. Or some of them are using AI now. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah, that's for sure. And that's why the English would be real good because the computer doesn't do it for them. Doesn't have very good grammar or punctuation. So A number one, if they reach out to you, that's a big red flag. Um, Most mommies are blown up from the moment they wake up in the morning until they go to bed on multiple platforms. They don't really have a whole lot of time to go searching for littles. And if, especially if they search for you, they find you, they tell you they're in the same location. Um, that's very, very, very highly unlikely. So watch for that. And truth be told, one of the biggest factors I've noticed is there's always going to be, if you see their content and you see a, a very attractive woman that is in all these fun poses or all in all of these fun locations, and uh, but there's not a single picture with that individual with ABDL items. However, they have other posts, including ABDL items. If they're a real mommy and they own all of those things, they'll have them in their pictures with them at some point. And if they haven't posted it yet and you ask them for it and they tell you their camera is broken or they can't send pictures right now, run. Run like a baby cheetah at supper time. Run. Because what they're telling, what they're trying to do there is tell you that they're a real person, but they're really into this, but they don't have any pictures and they can't make them up because there's no way they can find that person they claim or to be. Or have them send you a picture of That's a, a peace sign or something because some of the technology they're using for deep fakes is also being used to generate fake pictures of fake people so that's that don't next, even exist. That's your next, um, or, or, or your next option. Have a specific photograph requested. In other words, say, so if I've had people do this to me before, what specifics do you want? Um, hold a diaper with a spoon covering the left. I mean, like just so many random things that you can ask them to do that, you know, anybody's going to have in their house if they claim to be a mommy. Um, you know, if they, if they say, oh, I'm a, I'm an ABDL mommy. I have diapers. Okay. Well take one of those diapers, put your finger on your nose, cover your right eye with your left hand. Uh, you know, just make it yeah, so specific, so specific that they can't find it on Google. They can't go to an image search and find it or go to this person's Facebook page where they stole these pictures yeah. of them and find that specific post and have them do it for you live at the moment that they're in right now. Okay. Take this picture and send it to me. If they say, give me an hour, I'm actually at work or something like that. Give them a chance. Cause they may be legit, but if they can't provide it and they give a bunch of excuses, why they're not real. Or you could uh, always invest in service for that. Yeah, that's what I started to say. And here's the thing. Um, there are so many people, there's, 20, 30, 50 new profiles a day that are made. And they will always, first of all, ask you for a registration fee or a fee for you to become their baby. First of all, guys, hey, I'm going to give you a real big... Or to be a part of the community, too. Right? I'm going to give you a real big red flag. There is no community registration. If they ask you for 50 bucks to be a community member, they're lying. That's not a thing. It doesn't exist. And there is no to become your baby where there's not other things already discussed. So if there's, a, you know, what you're looking for and what they can provide you and they can prove they have it and they've done it with other people um, until they can show you that, don't trust them. But my newest thing that I've started doing, um, I've got so many messages a day from littles and even other mommies and other caregivers, other providers that say this page is really well made, but I've got a bad feeling. Not sure if they're real. It seems too good to be true, but they're, 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 you know, crossing off every other box that the, the profile looks good. They can send me a picture. They, whatever, um, all of those things, but they still don't feel right. Um, I've actually started doing mommy verification services where they can reach out to me with the information on this person. And for literally less than what you pay at McDonald's for a, a cheeseburger at meal, uh, I'm willing to go and do the work. I'm willing to go and reach out to those people and see if they'll interact with me. And the biggest red flag is if I reach out to a mommy and they block me immediately. <laughs> um, that's a So I actually have that. They, they don't want to talk to me. They don't want me to call them out. So that's the biggest 
clue for me that they're not real. Uh, so I do the time to look into it, to show all the red flags, explain what it is, and kind of train them on what to look for so that, you know, they might need my service once, but once I tell them all the reasons I know it's fake, they may not need me ever again. Um, and that's really my goal is to kind of coach them what to look for, but it does take time. It takes time out of my personal day, out of my business, you know? So I do, um, I offer that. And I think that that is, that's been something that's helped a lot of people so far. I mean, some one guy was like, I was getting ready to send $800 and I, now I'm glad I didn't because they can't prove who they are. And I didn't know what to ask. And or the guy that says, yeah, I just lost $5,000. Yeah. And, uh, I, I fell for the scam and well, can you do something to help me? And it's like, well, sweetheart, uh, no offense, but why are you coming to me now? <laughs> or the guy that's like, well, what do I do now? Because it's over and they won't talk to me anymore. Should I call the police? Should I? Like... Right. Yeah, there's so many things that you can you can stop yourself from getting involved in if you're careful. And um, sometimes it takes somebody that's truly actively a part of interacting on a daily basis to know the difference. So, um, yeah, there's ways for sure to know the difference, but sometimes you don't have the time to search yourself. So. And then... Are you guys together or are you separately um, trying to find ways to help educate the community on fake mommies, ways of keeping yourself safe, um, better ways of interacting with the community? You mean me and Lola? Um, You and Mario. Oh, okay. So yeah, we kind of do it together. Um, I'm not going to lie and pretend that I have all the time to do all the research and stuff that goes into it. But, um, you know, say I'm doing virtual sessions at night and I've got three people and he can just go and screenshot, you know, their pages and their pictures and their language and all of that kind of stuff that I can review it later. But, you know, even on FetLife, if you message us on any of our platforms, it should be known. um, And we do explain it, especially on Fet, that you could be talking to either. It's their joint accounts. They're, it's it's either me or him, but both of us see it. Or if it's meant for me or it's business related, I'm generally going to be the one that takes care of it. Um, but if if someone messages on Live and they they send a an account that they're curious about, if he's available, obviously he's gonna yeah no that's not real. Don't, yeah, and I mean don't I'm, go there, dude. Like, I've done the daddy thing before too. We've had clients that um, have wanted to speak to just me, so I I, I do I have an obligation to check it every once in a while too so yeah I'm, I'm on infrequently but i'm still there yeah he does my backup he's he's my uh paralegal to a lawyer he does a lot of my my paperwork stuff that i can't quite do all the time you know what i mean like he's yeah like a gopher but uh like he'll take care of the stuff that doesn't need the the interaction or the um the one-on-one kind of thing that i offer um so yeah, we do it together. We're, and, and if I'm curious, if I if I see an account, I'm like, all right, this one's really good. Like they've gotten the wording right. They they know what to post on here with no minors and kink and all that kind of stuff. And their pictures look halfway decent. What's your opinion? And I'll give it to him. And you know, for him being a little, he's like, wow, yeah, like I could have fallen for that. But then together we'll do enough of a dive that we figure out whether they're real or not, whether we hit them from different angles. You know, I hit them from Instagram. He hits them from FetLife if they have both, you know, that kind of thing where we can figure out um, a little more detail so we can be sure of it. But we definitely see it as a, we see it as a team effort because there's no way for us to, um, to know every account that comes out that's legit, that's starting. And I don't want to um, count someone out or call them a fake just because they're new. So I'm always really careful before I'll say, yeah, no, that's not real. Well, we had the same problem. No one believed we were real. Exactly. (laughs) Whenever we first got on the scene and everybody thought we were fake. They thought we were scammers. And and Mm -hmm. we post, I guess we finally posted enough reviews. (laughs) That was it. It's experience after a certain time. But there's going to be new mommies that come on the scene. Don't think they're fake just because they're new. But they have to be at least some way to verify what they're into. If you can get a real conversation going with them where they're not trying to get money out of you. If they start asking for financial help right off the bat, um, that's a bad sign. Like, that's that's a big one. And so yeah, is hard to fake for. Absolutely. They, 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 you ask them a question and they'll just go right back to what they were talking about if it was off topic sure. for the fake one. Absolutely. And don't be afraid to ask for references. And uh, so, yeah, we tag team it. We're, there's... 
I don't try to be dictator in whether someone's real or not. And I never will. I don't think that that's fair. I think everyone deserves a chance if they put forth the effort to, to prove themselves. But if they're not interested in proving themselves and they're not, um, there's no references involved and there's no, they're not, they're not willing to prove they're legitimate in some way. Um, leave it as it is and walk away from it because, uh, nobody that's really into this, that's providing it as a professional or as a mommy, um, is going to be afraid to share some way to verify that they're who they say they are. And if there's a face picture on their profile, but they refuse to send you a face picture, that's a big red flag because they wouldn't show their face in content if they're scared to show it to you personally. Mm -hmm. I know, um, since I have restart my, um, Instagram, I'm getting all those fake mommy accounts, like, sure. and, like they're like, oh, this. And so for me personally, like, if the first words that come out of your mouth are, hey, cutie, or uh-huh. what type of diapers do you like? I'm like, right. No, if like, they come at you and say, hey, baby, I want to be your mommy. Guys, run. Yeah. Or, hey, baby, I'm going to be your daddy. Can I diaper you? Block. I mean, that block button is your best friend in these kinds of interactions. It's very Dude, important that yeah. you're not afraid to stop. And the red flags are hard to mess whenever you understand. Or when you stop thinking about all the fantasy of wanting it and you think about the logic behind it. Yeah, that too. And I, I mean, I do love the block button. I actually love when it says block this person in all future accounts from him. Like, oh my God, thank God it's does that for me. I love mm-hmm. that thing. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so, Mario, are you exploring any new kinks other than being an ABDL? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh oh. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm always open to new ideas, new concepts. We 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 talk to several people in the community, as you can imagine, from munches and just friendships that we've made on the way that all have interesting. Uh, dynamics of their own. That yeah, I mean, I've uh, I, I'm I'm a mad scientist. If uh, if I find a new element out in the world, I'll bring it home and play with it a little bit, you know. And if I enjoy it, we'll implement it. And if not, which uh, there's been a lot of things since uh, the conception of uh, our our teamwork in this and the professional side of the uh, caregiving business and, mm-hmm. and life coaching. Um, but now let's let's be honest. He's always had med fed up his sleeve. Yes. He's always had an affinity for nurses, and that's truth of the matter. Nurses and witches. That's why I actually went into nursing was because of his encouragement. Yes. I'd always been medical. Don't misunderstand me. I'd always done things that were I was a I was trained as a, a first responder when I was sixteen. My parents were paramedics. I've always had it. Yeah, she was am, she, she was no stranger to medical trauma. For sure. But at the same time, it was like um, I never looked at nurses. I mean, you know, everybody's seen the Halloween costume of a sexy nurse, but the concept of it being um, submissive to a dominant nurse and making that fun, that's been a thing for us since the beginning. Um, we've really dove in lately into the darkness of asylum and play. That um, also that's a has kind of uh, deep roots in... Uh, Personally, yeah, personally. Whereas uh, the witch stuff and and um, what what what's something that the clown the clown play, stuff that's new. Like it's uh, so yeah. No, I do take I, shout I, out to Barney by the way. Yes, I do take uh, different different concepts and uh, we we do we implement them quite regularly. Personally, absolutely. Um, there, we'll put it to you this way: there's not a single night of fun for us that looks the same. I we like try to, stuff all the time. Yeah, I like to think I'm a creative eccentric type so you can imagine <laughs> the shenanigans we get involved in in this line of work there's some shenanigans uh, for sure definitely clown play to me is still pretty strange the idea of it but like um I, i've seen you in clown makeup i've seen um my my old producer he would he was a um, clown little puppy and so like I still find it very, very funny to like, be like, oh, I want a red nose and a white makeup face. Like, I instantly think of like the Joker. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, honey, I want to be the Joker. 
it it clicked with me when I was at a con and we were downstairs late at night. Everybody was up in their room starting their hangover or, you know, trying to replenish their hydration levels as they wind down for the night. And every, the, the, the whole con was closed off at this point. It was so late. But there was a couple downstairs in full clown makeup mm-hmm. and they had like six or seven littles just eating it up. Making balloon animals. It was so cute. It It was at that moment I was like, this is untapped potential right now. (laughs) This is entertainment. Well, let's just go ahead and say it. About a week later, Mommy got a whole big set of balloons and pumps. (laughs) I can make anything you want out of balloons. We had a Ringling Brothers night with another little couple. We did. And, uh, well, a little and mommy couple. A little mommy couple, yeah. They came over and I set up this whole carnival theme in my living room. Oh, it was... I, we did balloon animals. We watched the Ringling Brothers on every TV. birthday party ever I had. It was and it blessed. was neither one of our birthdays. No, <laughs> no, but it sure wasn't. But it was fun. But no, still to this day, I mean, if anybody's seen my content recently for Halloween this year, um, I went to ask Pennywise. It was a little fun. I was, uh, you know, it was like, and I, I'd always said I would never do it. I had more fun in that makeup in South Beach than I think I've had at any Halloween. Just and because like, people were like... When you did your Ooh. acapella uh, uh, version. Oh, uh, my God. Uh, I did a telephone line at a, a restaurant on Halloween night in front of a bunch of people. That was We hilarious. do. We have a lot of fun with it. We we never restrict ourselves to saying we are only into ABDL and that's the yeah. end of the story. We're... If, if it looks like a good time or it gives me a giggle and I can tease her with it, then... We're open to trying stuff. We will never pretend that we're not open to trying new things. And, you know, I'm always the, the kind of person that says, try it. If it's not for you, that's great. But I'm not going to yuck your yum. And I don't want you to do it to me either. Yeah. You know, have it. What, what fits your life doesn't necessarily fit mine and vice versa. And that's totally okay. The diversity within the kink community is what makes us who we are. Yeah. You know, we, we learn from other people. We, we learn why people enjoy things and how they enjoy them. And, you know, if it sparks something new in you, even ABDL, there's a lot of people that are intrigued by simply the submissiveness of diapers. And there's people that see the pictures and they're like, I don't know what it is. But I want it. But I like yeah. something that's my point. There's always, you know, but even if you don't like it for the adult yeah, baby yeah. side of it, there are elements of it, the submission, the humiliation, the uh, power dynamic, the power exchange, you know, that kind of thing. If you're able to find the things you do and truly enjoy within it, um, you don't have to necessarily use it as this. You can transfer that into other areas you're interested in. And I think that's super important. Try things, uh, you know, learn what what makes you tick. And if you can figure it out, you're going to be a lot more excited to try other things too. Because, uh, you know, I think that we open our eyes and our minds and we grow, we evolve as kinksters. You know, we start out, I started out vanilla and now I'm, I've got clown makeup in my, my medicine cabinet. Like, I mean, I never dreamt that would happen, but it, it, it's there. It's a thing. So, you know, I really think that seeing where, how much, how far I've grown in just five years, I think it's, uh, kind of a good example of just how much can change within your personal life and your kinks and your interests and your dynamics um, if you put the time in to explore it because it really can change everything. Well, the, 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 the kink world is so eclectic. I've, I've got friends that do things I know I would never try. Right. <laughs> and I've got, um, I've got a respect for all of it because at the end of the day, it is, it, it, it's, it's dynamics that people really hold true to their heart and that they, they do need, they use to cope, they do whatever they do with them. Yeah. Um, so I'm never opposed to trying something new. <laughs> and where do you guys see yourselves in the future? Where do we see ourselves in the future? Oh my gosh. Oh. I'll be honest. Um, I plan to continue to grow professionally for sure. Um, I've been blessed to be invited uh, to use the nursery and dungeon in Pompano Beach with the beautiful Mistress Mercy and all of the amazing goddess girls. I'll try to hit a few of them. I know Mistress Kay Links, Mistress Meeks, and um, of course, Dio Sabella. Um people that I am very lucky to have interaction with and use the space. And I want to continue to grow my experiences. Uh, you know, obviously I do a whole lot of baby play. I do a whole lot of, of uh, ABDL and DL and I do a lot of med vet, but I really want to spread my wings on other things, you know, and, and uh, trying professionally different kinds of scenes and seeing where I can kind of mesh the two together. 
Um, so I'm I hoping that we have a uh, medical room one day. Oh, absolutely. There's so <laughs> many things that we want to try. You know, my dream is to have a brick and mortar nursery or a mobile nursery. And uh, a dream of mine is to have an RV and, you know, pack and, and do a, make it a nursery inside and travel with it. You know, go to different locations throughout the year, you know, that we want to see and we want to go to and, um, you know, just take my nursery with me. Yeah, we've actually looked at RVs. I have considered it multiple times. So that could be a thing. We could get a brick and mortar nursery at some point. Hopefully we can find some other people that, you know, want to do that and we can make it kind of a group effort. And uh, but until then, you know, I'm going to keep trucking along with babysitting and uh, offering virtual services and um, texting and calls and, you know, doing as much as I can to give as many people the opportunity to try something like this that I can. Um, and I think personally for us, I know right now we're in Miami and uh, we don't have any plans to leave the area, but I, like I said earlier, I'm more of a gypsy spirit. Um, I don't want to sit still. I, mean, I want to go places. I want to see things. We love New Orleans is my, my one of my favorites that we've gone to so far. But we're lucky that with our job, we're able to travel. Yeah, that'd be cool. So, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Um, I know for sure we want to make more connections personally. You know, we have our, our besties that are um, back in Missouri, really good friends of ours that we, you know, they're, they're family now. They they know literally anything and everything about us. And uh, we would, we've invited them to things that we wouldn't other people, you know. So we get really close to people fairly quickly. Um, I know that our goal is for sure to make some more true, genuine, pure connections like that um, with people that we can share this with and, you know, share fun events and truly build up that uh, true friendship. That's something that's so rare to find in the world, loyal friends. And um, even in this community, it's hard to find. There's a lot of loyal people, but they've got their own life that they have to live too. So I think that's a big goal for us to make a whole lot of more personal connections, um, not just business connections. In the future, I see nothing changing. No? No? Going to be padded forever? <laughs> and you're going to be babysitting still. I'll be babysitting for, yeah. I don't I don't want to go back to nursing anytime soon. Oh, um, no. My goal is not to go back, at least not full time. I do have, uh, I'm in the process of going into real estate. Um, and when I feel it's appropriate or when it's going to fit us the best, that might be something we add, but for the most part, we're just going to keep growing this and seeing where our path takes us. You know, I, I don't want to plan anything because I think the best things kind of just sneak up on you anyway. And who knows? We are constantly growing and evolving. Like we're, uh, we're wanting to take class together. We're, we're considering some, uh, um, activities that, uh, are out of our, typical out of our comfort zone yeah so like we do with everyone else we like to encourage spread your wings try new things see what you like and if you don't um you're never gonna know what you're missing try to have too firm of a hold that's it i don't plan i don't like to plan i'm very sporadic i like to pick it up and um do things as it feels right and if i do plan it i'm very flexible on my expectations (laughs) because a lot doesn't go with your plans um, you make plans, life laughs at you. Sorry, it's just the way it works. You can have goals in mind and things that you want to do, but um, trying to plan everything out makes life miserable. I'm, I'm definitely one of those, uh, let it come as it comes and deal with it then. And we are close to the end of this episode. So yes. do you guys have any advice that you want to give the listeners? What's your advice? Never stop learning about yourself. Never stop um, learning about what it is that drives you, what, what your driving forces are, why you do the things you do, because that's one of the things that's really helps me in my journey. Sure. Um, I think for me, it would be um, you're not alone. There's a lot of us out here. We're all dealing with um, insecurities and vulnerabilities related to this and other things in life. And while, yes, it's a kink community, um, we're all people and um, we all are going to be there to support each other, be kind to one another, be open to listening to people if they've got struggles and um, just truly understand there's nothing wrong with you because this is because you're into kinky things. Um, It's natural. It's normal. And there's not, you're not broken. 
to quote Dr. Rhoda, you're not broken. And um, you just kind of have to learn how to accept that side of you with everything else that is a part of you. And um, don't be afraid to ask people to to be there for you or give you advice in certain situations, because we would rather be there for you now than to hear about it later. Yes, to the listeners is, it's okay to say no into a situation that you originally said yes to. Yes. Yes. Because you never, you might think something's okay first. And then when you think about more, you realize you're not comfortable with it. So you can say no. That's right. And no is everything from, I'm not comfortable with this. Not right now. Um, can I think a little bit more on this? All those are no's. And absolutely. And no everything must be consensual. That's right. And if you say no, that's that. No, but you don't have to explain yourself and you don't have to give a reason. If you're not happy with it or you're not comfortable, that's it. That's the end of it. And then what? where can people find you on the socials? Okay. So our Twitter and our FetLife are the same. Um, they are MarioFan64 Mommy. Um, there's a dash between 64 and mommy on fat life. And as for Instagram and, um, our email, it's Mario fam, mama 64. Um, so we're on Instagram. We're on, um, fat life. We're on Twitter. We're yep. on email. We tried to keep it the same, but it didn't work. It didn't work that way. Someone already had my tag name. So it got messed up. But anyway, um, yeah, that and my easiest place to reach me to interact will be Instagram. First session inquiries would be Instagram or emails. And if we're just, you know, talking regular kinky stuff or if they're into our kind of thing, check us out on Fat Life. It'll give you a better understanding of who we are and what we offer. And then my socials are on Instagram and Twitter. Twitter is Blake Dylan. And then on Instagram, it's Dylan Blake underscore official with only one eye. I realized that I only put one eye in it somehow. So it's D. <laughs> D. <laughs> Oh gosh, how do I spell my name? D I L L I A N B L A K E underscore official with one eye. I literally just brain farted my own name. Oh god. That's what, at the beginning of this, I didn't know if I was Mario or not. So <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> but yes, that is this episode. And thank you guys for sh- appearing this episode. Of course, thank you so much for having us. We truly love being able to kind of share our story and, um, you know, definitely connect with you anytime that you want us. You just reach out. We're happy to uh, talk about the things other people aren't quite ready to. So, uh, yeah, definitely. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. We really enjoyed it. You're welcome.